welcome to uh, episode two of Damn It Vince. And this week we're going to be celebrating mainly a year with AEW because they've just had their one year anniversary show. Um, and in today's show, we're going to be looking firstly at a bit of the fallout from the draft because we, we kind of discussed what we'd like to see last week. And then the rest of it is mainly on AEW and what they've done well in this last year, uh, what we think they could have done better, and then where we would like to see them go in the future as a company. So um, welcome back. I'm Ellis. Uh, I'm Joe. Uh, hopefully this one will be a wee bit shorter. Uh, now we know slightly better what we're doing uh, yeah. format-wise and editing-wise and things like that. But yeah, um, thanks for sticking with us. Uh, if you need to get in touch with us for anything, you can find us on Twitter at DammitVincePod or send us an email to DammitVincePod at gmail.com. So last week we discussed what we'd like to see in the draft. Um, some of the things I wanted to see did happen, and I know. some didn't. So, but I was I was happy generally overall. What were your thoughts on the? Uh, the I'm 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 not happy of the new day being split up. Um, as are a lot of people, it could be for the greater good, but it feels like a bit of a bit of a slap in the face. They did break up uh, heavy machinery as well, which. Yeah, that went under the radar, that one. Yeah, and everything else that you said pretty much came true, actually. A lot of mine were a bit more sort of out there. Yeah, I think I got the brands wrong. But I know the main two things I wanted to happen is that Sammy and KO were on the same brand, which has happened. And I, I just love the fact that KO has been screenshotting messages between him and Sammy about that. And um, I wanted Seth and Roman on the same brand, and they have ended up on the same brand too and all on smackdown i think smackdown's come out very well one thing I, I know you mentioned it to me early in the week that i thought was a bit of a cop out is they swapped the tag team belts champions over. onto just... the other brand and just swapped the belts i was like yeah. oh kind of devalues them belts for me doesn't mean anything <laughs> then does it yeah no they're just the same belt the only other one that i thought was a, a standout there was one moment on raw that did make me pop was when um alexa appeared that was doing... the only good thing I'm yeah. Raw this week. Yeah, well, um, great. Rest of it's fairly forgettable, but yes, the full-on fiend touched Alexa is genuinely a good thing, and I'm hoping they don't screw it up again. No. As, you know, have the fiend lose, but it looks like they're going to be doing some good sort of quality rampaging through the ranks, which yeah. I'm all for. Yeah, I'm, I'm all the same. They've had some pretty standout visuals, especially in the last couple of weeks. The only thing that I did find odd is that they targeted uh, Zelina. Which, and Andrade, which was fine, because in the match, Zelina was kind of dissing Alexa Bliss on commentary. But then after the show, Zelina got drafted to SmackDown when yeah. Alexa was put onto Raw. And as far as I'm aware, I might be wrong now, but Andrade is drafted to no one. He's a free agent. He's so a free I think, agent. I think they get to pick, do they? Okay, is that how that works? Then? I right. think you get to pick. I'm like, you can't be letting him go. He's <laughs> unbelievable. No, I, yeah, I think you get to pick which 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 side you want to go to, like being the fat kid picked last for football, I guess. The only other bit of news we have this week is, is fresh off the press uh, is the Pro Wrestling Illustrated who released their top 100 female wrestlers and unsurprisingly Bailey is number one which is fine uh, but the top five are all WWE talent which I think does a bit of a disservice to other I mean, AEW but they're saying that I mean we'll, we'll, we'll cover this in things AEW has do, not done well but a lot of AEW's talent really hasn't had chance to shine this year through injury and COVID and COVID yeah uh, but yeah, your top five, Bailey, Becky Lynch, Oscar, Charlotte Flair, Sasha Banks. And then your first AEW, Hikaru Shida, six, which is not bad. Out of, you know, no. the entire world, feels a bit one-sided. But then WWE's women's division is infinitely better than AEW's. Yeah, I, I don't, yeah, to be honest, I don't have many qualms with that. We'll talk about the women in that when we get to AEW. But I think the one thing that WWE does have when everyone's comparing the two, is is the strength of the women's division. Yeah, definitely. And, and the booking and the storytelling, to be honest. Um, I think it's a one division they do well in, um, sadly, because I think the women feel like they have to prove themselves, which is wrong, nope. but yep. um, it comes across when you watch it. So, cool. So, that's just a little recap on the draft. So, um, match of the week, there wasn't really a standout for either of us this week. Very we were kind of this week, yeah. It was, it was a slow week. We've had no pay-per-views or anything. Um, I mean, I, mean I, I quite like the KO versus Black no DQ match on Raw. That was that was okay. It wasn't anything that will live in the memory for, for a long still time. still confused as to why they've made Alistair Black some sort of one-eyed sea captain. Um, <laughs> and Rey Mysterio is fine. <laughs> well, has he given his eye to Rey Mysterio? But Alistair Black's 
Kevin Owens always good value for money anyway. I just don't see why they've changed his whole aesthetic thing. As for yeah, for a long a period of time, I thought they were going to use him as a replacement Undertaker. Yeah, it appears now he's just going to be some sort of salty dog. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, it was an okay. The, the one problem I had with that match is they both needed to win. So like Alistair Black's kind of lost a lot of momentum from it. But um, I think the match that I ended up going for was uh, from Dynamite. Um, was uh, Cody versus freshly squeezed Orange, Orange Cassidy. Cassidy last night for the TNT title. Uh, I thought it was a good match. I thought it was it wasn't the best match I've ever seen, but there's a lot of good storytelling in it. I thought where kind of Cody became like a de facto heel in his frustration that he was feeling with wrestling him, which I thought was quite well portrayed during the match. He didn't drag, which was I think for a thing something that went the full twenty minutes. Yeah. When they went one minute left, I was like, oh really? Has nineteen minutes gone by that quickly? Because it didn't yeah, seem okay. to. It, it, it was cons- It was it was a bit of a sort of masterclass in <laughs> in all styles of wrestling from yeah. yeah there was a lot of good mat wrestling yeah. I thought from Orange Cassidy Orange which Cassidy's he doesn't get credit for and his, his, his pinning predicaments he was he was levelling in there but also the fact that Cody is still injured um, from that, that collar match last week just yeah the ending of it as well was something that I was like that was good that was a good way to end it because he's not going to drop the belt after one week of having it it was never on the cards but it felt no like it could have gone that way which was good my worry going into it was like Orange Cassidy's built up a lot of momentum because of because of Chris Jericho yeah. um, and I thought he's just going to go in and lose here and I like the fact that every now and again they make use of that time limit thing like yeah. it's not just a gimmick that's there and it tends to be used for quite well I, I felt sparingly the... but well sparingly but but well but everyone um, both of them came out of that 100% the same as they went in There's no, no one's dropped anything yeah. everyone looked good and it's solid I, I also like the um, interactions with Arn Anderson at the stage at the side where like Cody was kind of doing things that weren't on plan and were a bit more heelish yeah. if you like and Arn Anderson wasn't happy with him doing it and but kind of that. sold that story of what how he gets into your head psychologically Orange Cassidy <laughs> Um, and I think the commentators put it over well because they were saying Chris Jericho treated him the same and felt the same and he ended up losing two matches yep. to him. Treat him um, as a so joke, yeah. but also when he wants to, he does have the moves and the skills when he when he applies himself. Yeah, main feature is a, a, it's a year, year with AEW. So rather than looking over classic one particular match or moment and uh, our fantasy booking, we're just going to kind of review what we think the whole has gone well. Thing. The whole year. So from, from the year plus, because they had some... Pay-per-views leading into it as well, which will will make some of my moments, I I know. And then uh, what didn't go so well. Um, Glad to say for me that there's more on the good side. There is more positives than negatives on my list here, yeah. Is great, and then uh, we'll look at where we want to go. Where the, where we see them going in the future. Things they've done well. Tag team division. Yes. I would say probably from what I know of other wrestling promotions, the best tag team division that they have out there. I agree. Covers all styles of stuff. You've got your high flies, your technical wrestlers, your gimmicky sort of ones. It's all there, but it's all good. The whole FTR brush with greatness thing at the moment that they're doing is really good because it gets people, it gets teams who wouldn't normally have the chance to come out and do a good, a good match. Um, and yeah, I think that it's. I mean, with the Young Bucks being a, a tag team, I'm assuming this is where they wanted to put a lot of a lot of focus on. They wanted it to be the best tag division in, in wrestling. I like tag wrestling. Same. I know what hooked me as a kid at times. It's it's just that thing of much as I go on about flippy shit and stuff. With tag wrestling, it doesn't seem so bad. Uh, it feels more deserved. Like you can get these cool tandem maneuvers going. The ladies tag tournament thing that they did not so long back was all right. It was great. It, there isn't a predominantly female tag team specialist in there, um, but the teams they put together were good. It brought people to my attention who I wasn't aware of before. It's good. I mean, one of the matches that I think we'll look at uh, later is like one of the best matches they've done is the tag match with Omega and Page and that. And, you know, that's gone down. A lot of people have called it the greatest tag match in, in history. One against like, the Young Bucks at Revolution, yeah. Um, yeah, that's the one. Um, I'm not going to dissect that one here, but it, I think it just was a testament to the tag division that they have built up. Oh, again, it was one of those things of, it was an excellent match, excellent storytelling. I mean, the whole Adam Page, Omega, Young Bucks thing has been one of the best slow burns in storytelling in a, in a long while, which is sort of my point too is that they have done good storytelling. Yeah, I put that one down. Like long-term storytelling. It's not just, oh, someone's angry, I'm going to go and fight them next week. They have done the whole falling apart of Adam Page from the Elite and then pinning it on FTR and the little tiny bits of almost Easter eggs 
that were in the background of these things. And if you go back and look at it, you could see that they planned all this out in an unwrestling-like way. Because normally it's very quick and very fast. Same word. But it's they don't plan for this because apparently people don't have the attention span. But I love stuff like that. I like going back and looking no. at things and going, oh, right, there was three glasses on the table. Oh. And it's it's a beautiful thing that they should really be commended on. I mean, Tony Khan has said, hasn't he, that he's got books and books of storylines that he, he's been writing for years. Since the 90s. And it was called Dynamite in the 90s when he was writing it as well, which I love. If they get their second show, will it be Thunder? But yeah, that's yeah. Uh, the storytelling aspect of it has been great, as has some of the character work they've had done. Britt Baker going from being a fairly sort of low-card wrestler to being one of the best heels um, is a remarkable thing. Yeah, I I put her down because I think they tried to put her across as some sort of face at the start. Yeah, if you go back and and watch it, it's not great. But as soon as she comes out and, where was it, Um, and starts calling them all chicken-in-a-basket-faced people or something like that. And it's just great. It's, It's cheap and easy heat, but it's done in such an effective way and she really has taken that ball and ran with it i mean you see that she was injured like legit injured and she was still out there on the shows pushing the character development as you say she wasn't just forgotten about she was out there still pushing it which is which is great and i love the match i think it was with shida when she might be when she broke her nose <laughs> and she was absolutely bloody but she she on the spot kind of worked it into the match and in the in a post-match promos and it was brilliant but yeah i think she's done amazingly i, I, I remember a match when uh when covid obviously struck and there's all all the health stuff and she was doing her submission i don't know what she calls it but she was doing a submission and she asked for gloves yes it, before she did a submission so she wasn't putting her hand in someone's mouth they still do that now like, um yeah she made reba go yeah. and get her gloves uh when she came back yeah. talking of covid you know we can't really escape that like if you think about it really over half of aw's existence has been in the covid era with no audience weird thing. With no audience and i think they dealt with it superbly um i remember the the first dynamite once they kind of decided we're going to keep going when cody and the elite were doing like a little speech before the show started and i thought it was quite beautiful because it kind of told the line of uh, in character but also addressing what was actually happening in the real world dark times it's good to be a shining light or something along those lines was yeah yeah, yeah. It, it was a show must go on but done with a human touch I think they've just dealt with it all very, very well. I, I, I also think they're quite lucky because they've got Daly's Place. You know, we're in the Khan family, so they've literally got an outdoor arena that allows them to kind of be a bit more, you know, have fans in like at a 25% capacity or whatever. The I mean, that was only introduced now. like a month or so ago, but before that, yeah. they did have... But just to be able to do things more safely because they had an outdoor environment. But I thought they used it well, like the, just for example, like the way they, they flipped the hard cam to be facing the Titantron, like from the start, basically, because they realised it was... You were basically facing no crowd and you know i think it took i think about two or three weeks later all of a sudden wwe flipped the camera so it faced the titan tron and it's just like yeah because those, well, we are, those early ones that. it was it was um triple h walking through the crowd and stuff coming out and it was like just come down the ramp it looks silly it was weird so I, f- I thought they dealt with that brilliantly which i think kind of shows how in touch they are with just with everything that's going on well, and, was, and, and what fans would again appreciate. this is this is one of one of my points here is that they've they have listened to fans i mean you're never going to appease everyone because if you spend any time on twitter or anything on the internet with wrestling fans it's fairly toxic sort of environment and nothing you will do will ever be enough for some people they have listened to what people have said constructive criticism and taken it on board and like i said they turned the cam around they turned the hard cam from side of the side of the, uh, the ring to the end of the ring because people were like it makes it feel more and to be fair i can't remember a time before that now <laughs> no i can't um, now i was saying it i was like i don't it, it's become don't such a, a, a thing in my brain that you see them coming out from that side of it that when it goes back it will seem foreign and alien to me but that's because because fans were like well if you do it this way we don't have to you don't have to show an empty it sounds like looks like there's a there's a full audience there and putting the other other talent out there as fans i mean speaking is it's the the classic moment of um brit baker hitting someone with a shoe um it has led to some to some absolute gold stuff there yeah definitely they, they were the first again to put people out there as audience weren't they but put recognizable faces out there and i think that's what again saying dealing with it was good because wwe then copied that and basically put out a lot of the the trainees basically and enhancement talent who no one knew and they were just random faces they were just like robots but 
how AEW did it was I thought it was really good because they actually used the crowd to develop the, their own stories within the crowd because we knew who they were and, and then you were looking at the interactions they were having like when the I think it was the MJF and someone was gambling the <laughs> Sean Spears yeah. Sean Spears yeah that was one of the early and, ones isn't it because you can hear yeah it was right at the start they must have had MJF mic'd up on near a, near a camera because he's just yelling stuff all the way through it but still well, the more we say about MJF um, who for me has been the breakout star of it um, yeah and he's, he's got a long-term contract now as well. Oh yeah, you'd be a fool so, not to. Um, again, um, did you watch that weird documentary I sent you? I've still not watched that. When they go around to his house, yeah, and he's and it's it's the character. most meta thing because I, it's that thing of where does he end and the character begin? Um, and it's just he, he never drops he never drops kayfabe at all ever. Uh, but the whole thing is so bizarre because it's like. They film, they're basically filming an interview in his house, but it turns out it's not his house. But there's people in this house who he claims to be his mum and dad, but we never see them. And it's it gets a bit sinister. And you're like, is he a murderer? Is this <laughs> is this where this is going? Is this what they're hinting at? And again, uh, the amount of talent that I've seen come through AW um, and really, really, really th- flourish with it. Jack Perry. Uh, again, I see very big things in front of in for him because he's only what. 22 something like that he's young yeah i mean that does fall into like the bad category as well as they have taken some talent and just sort of buried it a little bit uh we'll do that in the bad list um but the, the main thing that I, I, I i've liked about AEW is that it's made wrestling fun for me again because it knows that it's supposed to be a little bit silly at times um not full-on silly but it's you know everyone knows that it's it's entertainment and I know it pitched itself. It pitched itself as a, as yeah, a wrestling about, show, yeah. back to old school sort of wrestling. But who's going to want to watch that? Really, it's not going to have that broad appeal that they wanted. I mean, they now Dynamite is ahead of NXT in the in the Nielsen ratings or areas they use now, um, and it's very big. Um, it has a higher female percentage of viewers than male or something of a certain age demographic and stuff, which is weird, seeing as yeah. how. The women's division. It's made it entertainment again. It's made it, and I know that WWE is is entertainment, but it feels more organic and better done in a lot of ways. As a a product as a whole, you look at the whole thing, I think it is better. Yeah, it's not, what's the word? It's not homogenized. Homogenized. It's not homogenized. Homogenized, that's the one. It's um, there's a bit of summit for everyone. Hmm. Different styles of wrestling, and you know, if you don't like some, fine, just skip on through and you get to the bits you want. But there's a bit of summit for everyone, and I'm assuming you're going to a particular match when you're talking about the silliness of wrestling and the entertainment. Well, that will be yeah, my my favorite uh match of all of AEW is the Stadium Stampede match from which pay per view was it? The double or nothing in the summer. Was it double? I yeah, I think it was double or nothing. Yeah. Uh, Stadium Stampede match because it is this huge, goofy. I mean, the inner circle are all dressed in football gear. It's happening inside uh, an American football stadium, inside the Jack Stadium. And it's just this beautiful piece of, of pantomime, basically. But it is what people needed. It was the first pay per view after the sort of COVID outbreak because uh, we were denied blood and guts, which I'm still angry about. One day it will happen. But um, <laughs> but they took that and they ran with it. And I'm assuming they gave them creative control over all of it because some of the spots in it are brilliant from the rolling Northern Lights suplex all the way down the football field to Matt Hardy's um, Matt Facts reappearing. It's just this beautiful daft thing that sort of took my mind off the fact that I can't go out and see my family or do these things. It, It was a beautiful, like Cody said at the start of it, it's, it's a light in the darkness for me. Um, I still go back and watch it fairly regularly now because it just brings me joy on, on so many levels. Um, and there's so much. I remember watching it with you. Like not, not together. We weren't breaking rules. We, we, we zoom called it. I got my son up. He's only five and we were watching it and you were on zoom. And I just remember laughing about 20, 20, 25 minutes. All three of us were just bursting um, out Aussies laughing. Can't swim. What, what is um, going on right now? When he, I was like, I hope he slides someone down that bar like in a cowboy film. And then they did. And I was like, this is amazing. And they paint over him with the line roll. And it's just, it's good, silly, daft wrestling, which is what the world needed at that point. You can't have... Uh, it's what they were promised. It's what they promised. They promised us a show. 
And they delivered a show. And they delivered, yeah. But at the same time, like going back to the storytelling, it, it didn't lose track of that. Because I think sometimes you could lose track and go like full on silly, which I know they did. But it didn't lose track of the storytelling. It didn't lose track of the fact that Paige came in late on the horse. That like he was out in the bar by himself. Uh, it, it called back to the, was it an, a, a dynamite when they had a street fight when Matt first kind of did the multiple oh, characters yes, thing yes. after and he got the, put in the ice bucket. In the golf cart. Him and, and then him he and came Omega. out in the, yeah. in the golf cart chasing him down. Which was again like there was a reference to that in towards the end of the uh, stadium stampede. Poor and Sammy. Like, oh, poor Sammy. It's not going well for him. While it was silly and glorious fun, it, it still had them storytelling elements in it that has kind of for me defined AEW as as a long term booking kind of show. Yeah, I thought it was a. Uh, Oh, it was brilliant. Even at the end when they were celebrating, like Paige basically just like turns his back yeah. on him, doesn't he? And it was just, it's little, like I say, you go back and you watch these things and all the clues are there. You just need to look for them. But because we've never had to do that before, it's a skill I've had to learn, basically. Um, yeah. I mean, that this brings that... me on to like pay-per-views as well that they've done. Um, all of them, bar the last one, have been great. They've been sort of no fat, no waste in there. Every match has been for a reason. The only problem with, uh, was it All Out? The last one, so, yeah. um, which I think they went, oh, right, everyone's still in lockdown. Put as many matches on as you can, because it was about 12 hours long, it felt like, with the pre-show. And then I was like, by the time it got to the ending, it was, what, about four or five in the morning? It was yeah, a long it was night um, and didn't need to be, because there were matches in there that were for no reason other than fill the card up. Yeah. In fairness, the other pay-per-views have been similar length, but... Have they? This was the first. Yeah, they have, yeah. Um, but but again, I think we're in the UK, obviously, so it, it starts at 1am. But yeah, the the other ones have gone on similar length. But this was the first one that I felt it was, they were just doing it for quantity rather than quality. Whereas previous ones, they were longer, but there was like I said, if you, if you, reason for it. If you say that the same length, I have no reason to, to, to doubt you. But this one felt long. It definitely did. It, but I felt like in one year, over a year really, because they were doing pay-per-views before. Before, before Dynamite. You know, to have one miss is, isn't bad. And to be honest, and it's one of my points of bad, really, is I think one of the reasons that felt so long is because of what happened with Matt. Yeah, was... it, it really, it really, and I, I felt a bit sorry for Sheeda and Thunder Rosa in that match because they had to follow that and it kind of ruined what was actually a good match. That between might them. be why I, I sort of died because of what happened there. And because yeah. we were both like, this is not. No. Yeah, I think when when you when you kind of read like the reviews and people online, it was that kind of dampened kind, it kind all down. That yeah. Match. yeah, but it all um, down on the rest of it because you're going like, is he okay? <laughs> is he alive? Is he alive? Because <laughs> I was like, he's either selling that really well or no, 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 he's actually knackered. He's actually smashed his head open and shouldn't be going on. But again, it comes down to that thing of Matt Hardy's not going to stop, is he? Uh, until no, until he's in it. But it, it's one. So we're not just too good and then bad. I think one thing they just I think they do need to be careful of is certain things, especially with head injuries. I don't, I don't think they've necessarily got themselves a great rep with dealing with or how they approach head injuries. Like you had Cody's basically unprotected headshot, which went very badly wrong very when badly it got trapped wrong. around his head. I mean, it looked then, amazing. Um, oh yeah, it looked amazing. Uh, but, but also, yeah, it could have it, yeah. killed him. Yeah. And then I think Cody again had done a pay-per-view match just after that where he basically dived over the ropes head first and went into the metal plating. And like you you had the you could see that scar on his head. Uh, there was a Sammy throwing the chair at Matt. Again. That wasn't the prop chair and it was a real chair and it Yeah. I was like, why is that chair at ringside then? If it's not, if you know that spot's coming up, remove all non-gimmicked chairs from the area. Yeah, and it's just like that, that's the only like that thing. And then I think the mat one just kind of really emphasised all that and kind of brought it to our consciousness because I think we all know now like unprotected headshots are very bad. We appreciate, yeah, we appreciate kind of more hardcore style at times, and it's not as PG as as like WWE. But I think we all appreciate like headshots. In this day and age, and concussion, it's, it's knowing not... what we know, it shouldn't happen. Yeah. By all means, use a gimmick chair or something. Because there was also this was the thing after the Sammy uh, match. I was like, oh, that's done with now. And then this week they've brought it back, and I'm like, don't. Oh, yeah, so you've clearly angered know. angered a magpie or had a curse put upon you because it's just just have have Sammy feud with someone else and have Matt feud with someone else or have Matt you know with with private party or something don't keep doing this because every time you've done stuff it's gone bad 
Although yeah. Sammy's big jacket was funny, it did make me laugh. Yeah, it was. Yeah, with uh, MJF. Um, my yeah. other, other, other thing that I, I, re- I know you don't watch um, it, but I really like Dark, especially in this, in this coronavirus world. It has brought wrestlers to my attention who I would never see because they yeah. used a lot. I know they use a lot. Yeah, they use a lot of enhancement. Well. Ta- well, they had to use a lot of enhancement talent because a lot of um, the signed stars couldn't travel to be there. So we got to see, and a lot of them have been signed. To, um, Eddie Kingston, uh, I think Serpentico is now signed. Serpentico slash David Arquette. Um, and a lot of the... That's, is that who that is? No, that's the rumour going David around is that it's David Arquette. Um, I was going <laughs> to uh, say. Even so, that so much so that Serpentico has changed his Twitter handle to David Arquette, question mark. Um, and a lot of the women's division have come from that. Uh, I think Anna Jay um, has come through there. Uh, Thunder Rosa. But a lot of them have come through that as well. And a lot of a lot of the male will God, my name will Hobbs uh, was it was a jobber was 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 on 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 dark but most of the dark order Alan Angels angles um, was was he did four or five of them and I'm like they should sign him because he's he's good and now they've got him in the dark order which again this is this is going into the bad section of it is stables and factions that they've tried to do when you started out you had the dark order and the nightmare collective that the random haircutting of women that brandy was doing it was uh brandy mel and awesome kong that was it yeah. and because like you can't have two evil factions at the same time it doesn't it doesn't work and it also it was bizarre they were cutting hair off and then luther joined and then that was weird but they listened to people and they just quietly just say that, yeah. it. one week they were going on about it and then the next week it was gone and it was never mentioned again you also have like the inner circle faction that works this whole eddie kingston thing he's doing now seems a bit weird to me because he's got the lucha bros butcher and the blade i know they all travel together and that but there needs to be more sort of cohesion yeah but i have faith that they're gonna bring that together to be honest i mean eddie kingston is money anyway fantastic I, on I, the mic. His, his commentary this week made it for me and his, his mic time is, is always great. Yeah, which actually brings me to um one of the other good points I said is that what I've written down is the like unscripted promos. Like you can tell the difference in the promos that the performers are giving, and Eddie Kingston's a great example of that. He's very natural on the mic, and you can tell it's it's not just a scripted thing. But there's been lo- loads of ones with MJF is kind of being brilliant on the mic. MJF again. Value. Fantastic. Uh, Jericho, obviously. And what I found interesting is when Jericho gave an interview not long after starting with AEW and he said he was scared when he first went out to do a promo. So um, I've got it on my list for a, a, a moment. But on Moxley's debut, just before Moxley came out, uh, Jericho basically won his match against Omega, if I remember rightly. Yes. And he was given a, a promo in the ring, basically saying, thank me. Yeah, No one in the back has thanked me. You haven't thanked me. I'm the face of this company. I'm bringing the, the eyes on this company. You all should thank me. And that was his promo before Moxley came out. And he said how he was actually really nervous about doing it because he hadn't done an unscripted promo for so long. Off the cuff. That yeah. he actually doubted himself whether he could, even though he was a performer wow, of 30 years. And then he said once he got in there and he was doing it, he was like, I can do this. This is this is me. And it, and obviously he's run with it. But yeah, this is what I've it, it kind of shows you what him spending so long in a company where he was scripted to a large extent had. And I think it, you know, obviously there's going to be some mishaps, but I think I think people learn from them mishaps. You know, if they go out there on live TV, they'll they'll learn from them. And there's been some amazing promos. I think the biggest one for me was Cody's one on Jericho when I think they were having their match and he gave that. I mean, I think even The Rock acknowledged the promo on Twitter as this is what a promo is. It's heart, it's fire, it's passion, it's authentic. And it was when he said basically he wouldn't challenge if he lost to Jericho, which he did for the for the AEW title. He said he wouldn't challenge for it again. Um, and he was talking about the fact that they they stirred this, this the same silver spoon and he called Jericho a stupid dick. And he was like, this isn't about the dead, it's about the living. Because Jericho was saying you're living off your dad, dad's memory, basically. 
and then he was just about it's about the 14 years it took me to go from undesirable to un, un- goddamn deniable and it was to the like none of us repeating the words that he says can do it justice like watching the promo it gave you goosebumps and you can't you can't get that from a scripted it's, promo which is, is it's that thing of, of heart and fire it's the it's the cody dustin um i didn't need a partner mm. i needed a brother and it's i mean that probably is written but it's the delivery and it was a okay. callback wasn't it to something yeah for someone who worked in WWE for so long jake roberts jake roberts's first appearance against cody they say never turn your back on someone um you you admire and he just walks out oh, the ring yes. and i'm like damn son yeah <laughs> it has that thing of it, i i genuinely think because a lot of people who are in there are old hats at this um i know dustin especially is a big fan of 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 off the cuff promo stuff I, I think they've just let them run with it and it it does show because it feels it, it goes back to the storytelling thing from before it feels more genuine it feels emotive it feels like these people genuinely are putting everything on the line every time they step into that ring and i don't tend to get that with much other stuff yeah because it's like it's basically like they say you need to get from a to b how you get there you decide and I always think, like, my profession, my teacher, and that the more ownership that you give to someone over something, the more accountability and that they're going to have over that and want to, to kind of commit to it. So if you're going out to say, saying to someone, you've got to do this, this, this to get to this point, you'll go through the motions. But if you're saying, right, we need you to get to here, how are you going to get there? What are you going to say to get there? And you're putting the ideas forward, you're accountable for them ideas. Also which leads to, which leads to the creativity and the discussion and i'm sure a lot obviously we're not in the backstage meetings but i'm sure there's some ideas that get put forward that the, the tony khan etc say we don't think that's a great idea but you kind of feel like the discussion would be there with them i think i, I genuinely feel he's got a fairly open door yeah. policy and stuff like that and you can go in and say right i want to do a thing where i wrestle dressed as a shoe and he'd be like that's not a great idea but what about exactly this? So I which think, is what it, it's about and that's how it works and a greatness can come from when you do that. I mean, you, you might say it's quite a, some people might say it's quite bitter, but Moxley did a podcast on with Jericho and his Talk is Jericho podcast uh, not long after he'd left WWE. I think it might have been after he debuted uh, with AEW as well. And he gave, a, he gave a podcast and he was talking about the frustrations he had in terms of trying to get across ideas in WWE. And how he just basically ignored and made to go out with like a cactus and doing all this goofy stuff and no matter what he said and he's not the only one who said that and i can imagine as a professional because because wrestlers like they're so t- like we talked last week about why do we watch wrestling and i think we use the analogy of like people said oh it's it's fake and we was like well you're watching a soap opera that that's fake you know they're they're athletes they're entertainers they're creative and i can imagine if you're a creative person how the frustration it must feel if your your creativity is being denied or ignored probably ignored so yeah stifled yeah, well, to be ignored, yeah. that would be the worst thing. Of like, yeah, we'll take it on board and then never hearing exactly. back from it. And then you just get, I mean, Moxley's a prime example of that, of the dumb gas mask thing and all that. It's just, but someone backstage went, hey, this is a cool idea. One of the creative team, we'll put him in a gas mask. That's a yeah. dumb idea. But he wasn't committed to it, and you could tell, which I, d- I don't feel like anyone who's doing something on AEW, whether it's good or bad, is, isn't committed to it. I feel like there's a collaboration in process where... I feel like their bits are their bits. They've at least had a hand in it somewhere. Talking of Moxley, I, I, his debut for me was a was a, a massive moment in, in AEW. I can't remember what the pay-per-view was. I think it was a double or nothing. It, 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 it was, was a summer nothing, one yeah. um, just before. I, this is actually one where I um, where I remember that they, they did go on quite a while. Because I, I had Butcher, who's kind of in the background contributing to all <laughs> to to our pod, and hopefully will be on future ones. We'll be he will here be here one day. One day. Um, I had him round and a, and a couple of other lads around watching it, and it was Jericho versus Omega. And before the world breaks, yeah, so you were allowed. Yes, yes, it was allowed then. Um, this was last summer in the glory days, and we were all basically asleep. It was like five a.m. We were like. Uh, like we're knackered here and then it's like the match finished like, okay it's done oh, we can all get a taxi and go home and then Motsley appeared through the crowd and like we all kind of instantly woke up and was like, like hell yes it was a it was a good it was a fantastic debut and obviously took out Jericho took out Omega uh, it was a it was a great way to then build up to the first Dynamite and I think they had another pay-per-view before that I think they had another one before that with him did he have like an unsanctioned match with Omega or something 
like a really uh, he had an unsanctioned crazy match with death match Janella. with Omega. And he had one with Janela. He had one with Omega. No, it was, I think it was with... Oh, yes, he did, because he throws Omega into, like, the uh, spider's nest of barbed wire, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, which was, yeah, an absolute mental match. One thing they have done well as well is is the debut of, of Stars as well. Yeah. Like, I know Matt Hardy suffered, because if he'd gone out and done that in front of a, of a live crowd, it would have been insane. But him having to do it in an empty arena, which is why he's abandoned, for the time being, the um, the broken... Matt yeah, Hardy the, the gimmick broken, because yeah. it needs it needs an audience to work, otherwise it just looks insane. But the yeah. debuts of other other ex, um, well, not ex, but ex, of people who people knew, um, yeah, they've always done it in a, in a sort of quite good way. The, I mean, the the entire um, Exalted One media campaign. I remember texting you things where someone had increased the contrast on it, and in the bottom, there's little tiny words in a, and it was it, again, it's that thing of little details make it a good story yeah and with that they really hit it off prompted debate uh, prompted debate and theories and... well yeah because everyone's like is it going to be matt hardy is it going to be someone else and they left it so vague and it could have gone either way sort of stuff but i mean Brody lee yeah miro i mean his debut i'm trying to remember anyone who sort of debuted in front of a crowd but i can't remember the before times no uh, <laughs> it's all, all i remember is is from if I'm right, Brody know. Lee and Matt Hardy debuted on the same episode as well, didn't they? I, yeah. Because every, uh, everyone, a lot end. of people thought Matt was going to be the exalted one. Yes. And he Which played into that. Sense, he really. played into it. But yeah, he came at the end. But then funnily enough, you're saying like about... He his... did do a lot of stuff, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, he really played into it. But like his debut in Vanguard 1 like flew in. Like there's, there's an interview with... It was either Matt or Cody and they were saying that if they had have had a crowd in, they wouldn't have been able to do that because the arena that they were in wouldn't have allowed a drone to fly over it. So they wouldn't have been able to do that whole Vanguard One flying in thing. So it's another one of them adapting on the fly, but they kind of took advantage of the fact that they could do what the hell they wanted because Tony Khan's family owned the stadium and it was open. Yeah. Yep, that's the thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I think you're right there. Debuts, like the... the I was going to say the revival, not revival. FTR, they debuted, didn't they? Um, I don't think there was crowds there then. Again, no. No, they just. They just I'm trying to, like I said, I'm trying to think of anyone who's debuted in front of a in front of a live crowd, but I genuinely can't think of anyone. Obviously, Moxley. Just because, yeah, but just from the before times. Did a uh, cage? Did 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 Brian Cage debut in front of a crowd? No, that was uh, um, that was at Double or Nothing, I think, wasn't it? He was in the ladder match. Is that the same one as Stadium Stampede? Is that the same pay per view as that? Must I think have it been. was. Yeah. yeah, so yeah, but I like the fact they haven't put. Yeah, him he, off. he comes out and rips a ladder in half because he's a giant beef and then boy, isn't he? Stupid spot with um, Darby Allen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I, I like the fact they haven't held off on the debuts. They've just kind of gone, okay. This is what it is. We'll, we'll carry on. And, you know, story is a story. The big, big elephant in the room for AEW is their women's division. Yes. And I know that injury has played a massive part in it because they lost Britt Baker. They lost Chris, Dat- Chris Datlander. Uh, Riho stuck in Japan due to the world plague. So they've had to make do with, with what they've had, which is why I think they've pushed Ali back into going out there. Brandy going back out there. Just, it's just bodies, isn't it, to throw around. But they are getting better. Like I said, they've. I, I think... Then they've took it on board. Listen to what people have said. Your women's division isn't great, and they've, they've they have took a lot of people on. They've also shown developmental talent, and I mean, I see I see nothing but goodness in its future. Because when Riho comes back and Chris Statlander's back, you've got a good division there. You, I think is Thunder Rosa signed. I think she signed. She's still, I think she, I think it was announced last week. I might be wrong. I'm pretty sure I saw a tweet where she was the all elite. Thunder Rosa is all elite. This year, for someone, for a company that were like, we want to try and do everything, the women's division has has fallen by the wayside a bit. I think in most, you get one match a week. And it tends to be, I've noticed actually recently, it tends to be the, the warm-up for the main event, which is yeah. kind of traditionally the, the spot you wouldn't necessarily want because everyone's waiting for the main event. And that's the match they put out before. Um, it was yesterday, and that was a exactly, title yeah. match. But I've, I've noticed, like week on week, that tends to be when the when the women do do come out. Like you said, they've got some amazingly talented women there, and they're obviously being hamstrung with COVID. But I kind of realised, all I noticed when AEW started, and obviously, and I hate it, and I think this is a conversation for another day. Like NXT just basically became a, a counter programming to AEW, is what it became. But 
what they lent into and I think what even the main roster lent into on Raw and SmackDown was the women and I, and I, I noted at the time I think they were doing that because they realised they that was the only division that they had that they could class as superior because the tags in AEW from the off were amazing they've got amazing male talent for the, the singles titles um, and as we mentioned earlier on in the draft like the you know the women in WWE yep. it's, it's unbelievable the depth they've got and I, I felt like they pushed that because they knew they had that. Um, but yeah, I didn't feel like in AEW that the storytelling, it, it, it just kind of felt like they were doing matches. It, it didn't. So like we talked about the storytelling being a positive part earlier on, like the, the subtlety just and the stories of Cage and Omega and everyone else. I, I, I can't think of a, a moment in any of the women's division where there's been that subtlety of storytelling at all. No. No. There's no been no great standout female star. I mean, we might get that now with Baker. They tried doing it with Nyla Rose. But that's the one, again, from a bad thing to a good thing, the belts actually mean something as well. Yeah. Well, we're talking about just literally swapping tag belts on Raw and SmackDown before. Like, doesn't mean anything, does it? But yeah, they're doing. No, it's just... They're doing. But the AW Championship is... I mean, there's only been two holders of it in the entire year. Jericho, Moxley. How, how did you feel about Jericho being the first champion? Because I know... It was always on the cards. Oh, no. I, <laughs> I, I thought it was a smart business move to do it. The, 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 from what I remember, it was everyone was hinting that it was going to be Omega who picked it up. Yeah. But it makes sense. It gives Jericho license to run rampant as the champion and do his, his greatest works. His, his top Healy stuff. If they'd given it Omega again for the casual viewer, who's that guy? I know Chris Jericho because he's been he's been around for so long. Kenny Omega, I've never heard of him. Was it like I may have got my? T- I should have looked at this. I got my dates mixed up. Wasn't the defense like the, the for the title against Page first? Was it? I'm pretty sure it was. It. I'm pretty. You may be right. I'm pretty sure because they had one of the like. <laughs> seems to be every pay per view they do, they have that kind of draw a card. Royal Rumble thing that they do, um, and Page had won that, and that got him the shot. You may be so, right, actually. Now I think of it. Yeah, if I'm, I'm thinking back here, I think I think the main event was Omega versus Jericho because it was building on the New Japan, and yes. the winner of that went to the next pay per view to fight for the title versus the winner of this draw a card Royal Rumble thing, and Ad, uh, Adam Page won that. Jericho obviously beat Omega. John Moxley debuted. And then the title match for the first title was was Page versus Jericho. And it was kind of, a lot of people got upset because, oh, you say you're going to put over new talent. Why is Adam Page not won? And it was like, well... Because if you give it straight away, it's not earned, no, no. is it? I'm, I'm, I'm assuming they had a greater, well, a much greater plot line for um, Page anyway. Yeah, which has, has proved. But even if, as like when you were saying, if you were right, it was Omega. Same thing, like outside of Japan. Like he, he hadn't really made that name. And I thought it was a smart move putting it on Jericho. And I remember reading a tweet of when Adam Page was getting over as this kind of drunken cowboy, disgruntled tag team partner of, you know, <laughs> Omega. And when crowds were there, how over he was. Oh, yeah. But if you go back to the match with Jericho, it was like dead. Like, yeah, it, nobody it knew was who he dead. Was. No one knew who he was. No one was into him. And he hasn't changed anything but his character. His moveset's still the same. And the, the tweet was kind of saying, compare Adam Page to whatever the pay-per-view was when he when he fought Jericho to now uh, like the tag team match with with the books like the, the difference is stark and shows you what they've done with the character development but also shows what it was a good decision to put it on Jericho if they if they'd have put it on Page then it it could have undone him before it even began yeah it, it makes sense but they've had to they've introduced the TNT title yep. they needed another belt yeah they did um, so you've got like you, especially after Cody ruled himself out on the top belt, and then from there you got, you got your tag belts, women's belts, and they've added in the FTR, no FTW belt, which I'm guessing is going to be like a heavyweight sort of belt. It seems to be that I don't know, maybe just because Brian Cage has got it and he is a tank made of meat. <laughs> I always see that as the heavyweight belt and the TNT as the sort of intercontinental lightweight sort of belt even though again none of the maths this is just how my brain sort of compartmentalizes things yeah, yeah the... but you've got them and i don't think you need another belt no i think it's good as it is but the roster the size they have there's enough there for everyone to go for which actually leads me into a, a slight a slight negative on that like the belts i think uh you know they, they mean something then it's great 
And one of the things I was excited for when AEW started was how they were going to focus on the rankings and make, yeah. make them play into factors because kind of UFC style where the rankings can kind of basically get you that you work your way up to get the matches. You don't just walk out and go, I don't like you. Um, I, I want a match. Okay, you can have a match. And I, I don't think they've kind of followed through with that. I think they, I think they do when they when it makes sense for them, and then at other times they just ignore the rankings and just do what they want to do anyway. Just have a tombola. Have, yes, yeah. like this week's tag team tombola. Like, that. why bother having rankings if you're just going to pull names out of a hat? Yeah, it it made no sense. And there has actually been a couple of times where you know, again, come back to him. Uh, God bless him, MJF has like been doing interviews, calling out like, why am I not getting a title shot when I've got a better ranking than X, Y, and Z? He's been who are just literally walking in the rankings for ages. Yeah, yeah, because it it always seems. <laughs> I keep going back to this like random draw the card Royal Rumble match that they have at a uh, a pay per view, but it all it always gets them a number one contendership to like the AEW title or now the TNT title. I was like, oh, what about the rankings? <laughs> like, But the rankings, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, and it just kind of overrules it. But, you know, I think there's a lot of potential if they if they paid, paid attention to the rankings because the commentators put it over. Like this week, they were talking about Moxley's 19-0 in 2020. You know, he's the top champion. You know, he should be. You know, they should make more of it because I think there's a lot of potential there for, for actually developing yeah. rivalries, you know. Well, they tried doing it with MJF and the uh, the vote for MJF thing and dictator John and all that. I mean, that was that was the rankings thing going the correct way. But it does feel like at times they just go, ah, just yeah, do another Royal Rumble. Whoever it is we're debuting, we'll have them win it, get some. Yeah, over. which is your thing. And you're like, no, lazy. You do everything else quite well. Don't do this. Have them come in and get through to the last, like the Eddie Kingston thing. He never. Having rewatched it, he doesn't go over the top rope. Uh, he, he is right he um, in his in his in his um, anger at these things. It puts other people over. Yeah, no. and I guess that's that's what it's all about at the end of the day. Yeah, they they had one of them, but they just made such a big thing of the rankings going into it that it was going to be the differentiator between them and and WWE or or any others because they said they wanted to be more sports, which is yeah, they were going to be focusing yeah. more on the sports side of it. Yeah, <laughs> again, it has to be story driven as well so you can't just have them fighting the top two contenders constantly because it gets it gets tough the tank division seems to make more use of it yeah they do they definitely apart do. from yesterday obviously no yeah yeah but they do like the best friends and that obviously they keep mentioning they're the top ranked in 2020 and getting the chances so yeah i appreciate it there um and it does differentiate at least they actually consider it like it's just random in wwe who's, who's getting it <laughs> you know it's at least they do consider it this is also a thing that I've noticed. Well, is that the bookings can be like a little bit sketchy at times. Going back to Cody Rhodes, his head getting bust open by Sean Spears. Supposed to be this huge, you know, big heel, and I don't know whether something happened or whatever. I don't remember him getting injured, but now he's hanging around the back on dark. He's got Tully Blanchard with him, and I'm assuming they're hoping to try to push for something with him. But he got lost in the mix. People do just seem to yeah, some can. get booked bad sometimes and get just get dropped down. Yeah, I, I, I put him on my bad side as well for the same reasons. He's basically like he was on WWE. Yeah. He's been lost in the shuffle. Um, yeah, I agree with that. I think they've kind of hoovered up quite a lot of talent now. They've got they've got a big talent pool. They've got a big roster. <laughs> very big, very big roster. And that's even not including those who can't travel over because of COVID. So, oh, pack, pack, yeah, God bless pack, bring him back, yeah, and I, yeah, I, I hope they don't become just like WWE and they just have talent they just you never see, um, because they've signed in talent for a reason, because like, they've because they're good, and Spears is an example of someone who is good. He was super over in NXT with his ten gimmick. Uh, but never really went anywhere, even in, X- in NXT, where we kind of give a lot of praise for them getting him over and then Vince ruins him. He never really went anywhere other than the gimmick in NXT. And it looked like they were about to push him. And yeah, now it's just some weirdo watching people come out for their entrances in, <laughs> in AEW. But he's with. But he's he with is, but then. Do you think that yeah. might be leading to something? Like him and FTR, they keep putting these the fingers up sort of thing. And is it yeah. or is it not? Then is like when I watch it now, I just feel like Tully. I know Tully's technically with him and he's there in the promos with him, but I feel like he's just more bothered about FTR now. <laughs> That's how it comes across on the TV. 
and the, I, I, we talked about FTR there on, on the match. The first match this week was FTR, and something that Butcher had mentioned it to me the other week, and I hadn't really thought about it until he mentioned it. That I think is a good thing they do. They start shows in the ring, and it's just like this match, tag team match, twenty minute time limit, go. And it's like you're a minute into the show and you're watching wrestling, and I, I, I know people like entrances. But one, one thing that's always bugged me, and I, I just can't understand it unless people literally watch a wrestling show to watch the same entrance every week, is why am I getting the ad break during the wrestling match, but I'm watching the their entrance? Because yeah. to me, I, I'm kind of skipping over the entrance in the in the weekly shows, not in the pay-per-views, but in the weekly shows. And I just appreciate they start in the ring. They don't start with a 20-minute promo parade of, I don't like you, and then that person comes out and that's... that's Sets up a Teddy Long tag team match for later in the night, um, and it's just something I've not. I didn't realize until Butcher mentioned it. It's like, yeah, they're starting the ring. Now you say it, yeah, it is. It, I think because it's 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 in a world plague world. There's no point in them doing entries every week exactly. because there's no crowd there to, to 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 you know to react to it to get that adrenaline flowing to get that 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 sense of excitement. There is now, but it's still only the twenty five percent capacity crowd and. God bless yeah. them, yeah. them up and they're trying to make it sound yeah, like the Jewish you know it's not. Um, <laughs> I mean, when the first time people sang that in the 25% thing, it was still it was, a, a, a delight to hear because it is one of those things that yeah, never fails to raise though. a smile um, because it's so daft. But yeah, and it's a completely organic thing that, that grew out of out of that. But yeah, I never thought that. They just they have Start been doing it more recently, actually, now. Now I think of it, they just you don't need yeah. to... Have your intros every week. Yeah, I'm yeah, assuming they yeah, still do yeah, them, they just, just don't show them. Mentioning Jericho, I just want to give a special mention to him because I think he has basically revealed what his future career in wrestling should be as a commentator because he is absolutely incredible in commentary. <laughs> his, his uh, well, that's the Alan Angles, Angels, Angle, whatever he's called, yeah. Uh, the fact that he's always at 100% anger. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, his um, his 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 commentary. Well, this is the thing. This is like a sort of a point that I was going to write down, uh, but then I thought eh, I can live with it. It's it's the three man commentary team of um, Jr. Excalibur and Tony Skiavone. I think it works better with two. If they had Excalibur and Jr., it would be a lot better. There's more to bounce off each other. Um, on Dark, you've got Excalibur and Taz, and it's good. Occasionally, someone will come yeah. out and join them and stuff. But it's Excalibur is brilliant. Yes, he he's the technical side of it, and Jr. is the personality side of it. Yeah, just because Jr. seems to get lost and confused very easily nowadays. Yeah, he does. Totally. Ruining his legend at times. He apologized. Um, <laughs> he did. He did. The only one I've got on here for me, last one, is um, it's kind of good and bad. And it kind of leads into the future booking is is Darby Allen because if there's anyone on the roster that I'm hot on, it's yes. him as a potential future breakout. But I've actually listed him in my bad side because I kind of feel like the booking of him is he's constantly put into big matches that he never wins, and I, I'm I'm worried about how how much longer they can keep doing that. And it, it it literally only became apparent to me when I watched this week when he was sat in the crowd watching Cody. And I was like, he isn't going to beat Cody. In my head, that's what I was thinking. He, he isn't going to beat... Now, he could. And if he does, ignore everything I've just said. And I just feel like he isn't going to beat Cody. He's already faced Cody. He's, they've had this story. And he, he doesn't seem to win the big matches. And I just worry how long they can keep pushing that story of him before it becomes like... Especially okay, with him being as, as good as he is. Yeah, well, I amazing. think they, they're using him as a crash test dummy for stuff. Which is fine. But that's not what he should be doing at, at this point in his career. He's never, I don't see him going AEW championship. Um, but the TNT one, it's doable. But to give it back to Cody and him to drop it again a month later doesn't seem unlikely. Exactly. And I think actually in all his big matches that he's had, Darby's lost. Um, I, I'm trying to think. I don't, yeah. he, he wins like weekly matches and, and dark matches. Yeah, this is the big one. I think there might have been one. Might be wrong here. Where he went on the time limit, I think it was with Cody. That was Cody. That was the his, his first big one. Yeah, and he Cody. went he went the time limit, but he didn't win it. No, you, and, you don't, do you? But like you're saying, like oh, you can't see him as AEW champion. I like not at I the think, moment. I, no, no, definitely not at the moment. And not I think with the way he's been booked. 
No, not at all. I think it's a very easy comparison to make because of his aesthetic and that. But a lot of people say he's like a Jeff Hardy kind of character. But like Jeff Hardy, when he finally got that run as a champion. Yeah. And he beat Triple H and he beat Edge and then Triple Threats and he was a champion. Like That was like, he was apparently merchandise wise, he was like rivaling John Cena. Yeah, I can't believe it. Because fans were like, finally, like, like the Undertaker had a ladder match with just Jeff Hardy at, like on a it's, Raw or a SmackDown, yeah, which is a, a great good, match. Great match, and there's a there's a, respect, a genuine respect moment at the end of it. Yeah, he comes Undertaker. back, doesn't he? Yeah, Undertaker Taker comes back, picks him up, shakes his hand. Yeah, which he doesn't do for anyone, and I kind of feel like I, I hope if they do keep booking Derby this way, I hope he still has that Jeff Hardy kind of fan momentum of like we want. We want him to get to that spot eventually, that he doesn't lose the momentum and the, the fans that See, he's I, got. As, as well, you know, I, I love Darby Allen. I like his whole, oh, yeah, I love his, whole his whole gimmick. The fact is that it is that throwing your body at stuff, regardless of what it is. I think the whole Taz thing has run its course now. Yeah, I agree. Which again felt weird. That why would Taz be helping him? They're not similar style wrestlers at all, and hopefully. He will at some point this year, this upcoming year, um, get a, get that push that he needs. Because I again, it's that thing of we don't get to, we never got to see that either, did we? Because of the COVID, the Will Hobbs Moxley Derby yeah. match. Because that could have been a corker, could have been yeah, absolutely. Because you got big beefy boy Moxley lunatic. You've got all three sides of that wrestling triangle covered, and similar on the other side. Yeah. Ricky, yeah, Ricky Stark, not so much. But it would have been, they're going to have to, he's not going to, now, now you've said it, and it's disheartening slightly, he's not going to beat Cody. Oh. There's only so long they can, they, they can. That's, that's right depressed me, that has. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, he's, he's, a, he's a person I'm, I'm hottest about in the whole company. I, he was the one that got my attention when we started. I mean, I remember, like we mentioned Butcher a few times, when, as soon as they, before they even did the weekly Dynamite, because uh, Butcher's watched a lot more independent stuff than than we have. He said, like, from the off, that he wanted a stable of Moxley, Janela, and Derby because of the kind yeah. of carefree, hard store, hardcore styles. And you mentioned before, Janela and Moxley had that, that unsanctioned match. And obviously, Derby's style meshes well with what Moxley is. And he, he, he said from the off, he'd love to see them three as a trio. Of that a, would be good. You know, and... And that when when, they, when that, that tag match that's got cancelled, as you said, it kind of felt like, oh, we're getting Moxley and Derby at least with it. And we're bringing Will Hobbs along and it's not Joey Janela because obviously he's off with Sonny Kiss now. But it's like, yeah, Derby and Derby and Moxley are together. But Once again, coronavirus robs us. Coronavirus robs Blood and guts all <laughs> over again. Robs us of it. <laughs> yeah. But no, that, my, my biggest, like, time-wise and stuff, I don't, there's loads we could book for the next year or so. But my biggest one is I want Derby to to come out of this year actually with something or a strap. I mean, it's Paige is going, is, is going for it as well, isn't it? That's with this tournament that's happening now. If you look at the way it's the, 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 the matchups yeah, it's, are, it's, Paige versus it's Omega, going to be Paige versus Omega. Although I am interested to see Pentagon Jr. Ray Phoenix. Yeah, that, 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 that was a, was should be, that should be a good one. But that's, that's basically ups and downs of it, of where, where they've excelled, like I said, they've excelled at more stuff, and it just oh, feel yeah. like we're grumbling about little tiny things, really. Uh, given the fact that the overall product is so good, it just needs little tweaks here and there to make it this 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 perfect, unstoppable machine. Yeah, that's right. And I think they can actually get now they're a year in. I think they can get away from actually taking shots at WWE as well. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's grown a bit old, hasn't it? Yeah, um, especially especially when they're saying we're not bothered about them, but then like on the first show, Cody smashing a throne, and then they're making the twitch and cameo, which actually was quite a funny thing. But yeah, Taz, they, they, Taz bit, weren't it? Where you just you oh just god, yeah, that was amazing. Running, about running a, a sloppy shop, and Brian Cage is just stood in the background, just doing shoot motions yeah. with his hand. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, but you then don't Jericho goes and does a concert in front of. <laughs> but then Moxley had to dingy because of his misses at the you know it, it, it turns but yeah you've already you've survived a year through trying times uh not, not wishing not wishing to sound like those emails I keep getting 
you've proved yourself. You've proved that you can do it. You've proved that you've got this fan base there um, that are loyal to you. Well, you know, that will come back week after week and watch it because the programme that you do is good. You've, you've built this thing yep. up. You've proved a lot of people wrong. Oh, they're hiring ex-WWE guys. It's just where, you know, yeah, maybe, but you've also brought, talent, on, talent. You've also brought on a lot of new talent as well and shown that, like I said earlier, wrestling can be it can be serious and heartfelt and such. The, the whole, like I said, the Adam Page, Kenny Omega falling apart thing where he, he, he he's trying to help him, but he can't stop himself. And it's 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 that thing. It can be serious and heartfelt and, and touching and meaningful. And also it can be, Chris Jericho beating up a football mascot, and it it's, it still doesn't feel any less real, if that makes sense. If you know what I mean, it, it still feels like it's all part of the same universe, and it's done in a way that makes it true and believable, but also fun, and yeah. that's what it should be. There's so much of it to watch. There's so much wrestling. There's there's so many different brands of wrestling, and I'd love to be able to watch them all, but I just don't have the time. So the ones that I do watch, I want it to be enjoyable. I want my free time that I use to be spent watching something that I enjoy, not something that I have to sit through to get to a good bit. Yeah, and that's what they do. It's like all the demographics. Like I hate it when it's going on about demos and we've scored well in this demo and it's like, I don't care. No, just just put out a good show. I just want to watch your show, you know. Just that's I mean, all I care it's, about. it's 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 good that TNT puts it back on. I mean, in the future, going forward, to bring it to bring this to a uh, to a close, mm-hmm. they are supposed to be getting a proper second show. Yes, they are. Uh, which would, in theory, enable them to show more talent because uh, you've got an extra two hours to fill there, as well as dark. I'm not sure when that'll happen or what day it would be on. What day is available? <laughs> Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays. It's filled up. NXT are never going to change their day, despite the fact that it, over the basketball playoff thing, it showed that if they just moved it to Tuesday, you'd have the same amount of viewers as Dynamite gets. Yeah, I think that's the thing that annoys me about the demos because it's comparing... Again, it's a conversation for another day about what NXT we need, is now. We need but for here. me, I we don't see NXT as developmental. He's high hot. Yeah. Like <laughs> no, no, but I, I don't see it as developmental anymore. I see it as a as a brand, and it's the best brand. And I don't like the fact it's like comparing it to AEW. I was like, I want NXT just to exist by itself because AEW is better than Raw. It's better than SmackDown. NXT is better than Raw. It's better than SmackDown. So why the two, is, the two why good are we things against the two together? I don't know. Yeah, um, I genuinely don't understand that. I'm guessing Vince, uh, <laughs> as these things always come back to, it's Vince. Monday Night yeah, Wars. It is literally. Night- Damn um, it, Vince! <laughs> so you get the second show, good. and then opens it up a bit more. I think this year we're going to see Paige take the AW Championship off Moxley. It's something they've been building to for quite a long time. Moxley's had it for best part of a year coming up, sort well nine months ish. Long time now. Yeah, yeah, he's getting on there now. And it's it's getting it's getting the the women women back together to make that um, division as good as the other two, because that's the one side that lets it down in it. But again, if ever the world play ends and we get Rio back and we get other talent back, if we get Pack back. I'm sad. I'm sad. I'm sad. I never bought that Death Triangle T-shirt now, because it would be a collector's item. Yeah. No, I think uh, for for freshman year, whatever you call it, first year, it's they've done very very well as a company. So yeah, and here's here's to many more years. They've got their ext- uh, contract extension with TNT. Is that for another got the second show. Three years, four years. Yeah, another another three years, I think, and a uh, second show on the way. So yeah. Just need this coronavirus to mitch off, and then they can come and do shows here. Well done, well done to AEW. And that's 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 all we have to say about that, really. I mean, thanks for listening. Uh, what's next week? Because we've got we've next got, week, we've got no pay per views. Net or, or next Sunday, a week on Sunday, we've got Hell in a Cell, so we'll be looking at <sighs> we'll be previewing Hell in a Cell next week. Oh, right, fair enough. <laughs> so there is a pay per view coming. <sighs> I thought it was the week after. I thought we'd managed. No, no, no. And then, I, week and then a week after, which is, which is, which in retrospect is another good thing about AEW, like the, the pay per views that earned. <sighs> and they're on a Saturday. They are spaced and and, uh, and on Saturday, yeah. Which in the U in the UK is just amazing because I can stay up and watch them and not have to take a stay day off work. 
yeah, I'll, I'll teach like a zombie, yeah. like I have done in the past. Um, yeah, so next week we'll be looking at previews for Hell in a Cell and whatever news breaks in between then. Um, and hopefully there'll be some good matches that we can give a more definitive Ooh, for, match of the week. For classic match retrospective in honour of Hell in Hell a Cell, shall we do the Undertaker, I know it's cliche, Undertaker Mankind oh, yeah. Hell in a Cell. Yep, because yep. We'll be there. it's still great um, today as it ever was. Yes, yes, we'll put that in. I'll do that. No problem. So, so uh, if yes, you thank, would thank you for listening. Want to um, comment or anything? Again, send us uh, a tweet at dammitvincepod or send us an email to dammitvincepod at gmail uh, if you've got any ideas about things we can talk, uh, things we can talk about, things we can uh, discuss, dissect. If you want to come on and talk to us, that'd be nice. A third voice is always appreciated. Or if you think we've got things wrong, let us know. Um, and we shall see you next week. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.